At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Meg Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I interview fine art photographer Alexandra Benatel. I discovered her work on Flickr many years ago, and even back then she was immensely popular and very, very creative. You'll find out about her journey as a conceptual photographer, her collaboration with Disney and Instagram, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the podcast. Please feel free to introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Alex Benatel and I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm a full-time teacher, but also a photographer. That's really cool. And uh, would you like to mention the equipment that you use? Yes. So I'm currently using a Nikon D850. And I have a couple of lenses, so I have both the Sigma 35 and 85mm 1.4 lenses, and I also own a Nikkor 50mm lens, and of course I use a tripod and a remote, and I'd say that my favourite lens out of all of those is definitely my 35 It's very versatile, and it's great for my portraits and landscape photos. Yeah, the 35 is magical. I know a lot of photographers who use it religiously, and I'm just, I want to have it too, but it's so expensive, but maybe one day, but it's... It's so versatile, as you said, and there's so much you can do with it for self-portraiture and just taking photos of other people or landscapes. So it is cool that you use it as well. Yeah, it's super magical. I love it. (laughs) Uh, So what inspired you to become a photographer? I think, well, photography for me was kind of something I fell into. So I've kind of always loved to take photos, you know, capture memories and things like that. But I think it was when I was about 14 or 15, I was taking a visual design course in high school and it was a really creative subject. So we were drawing one day, painting the next, and we were doing a unit on pinhole photography. And that was kind of where I learned to use the dark room and process photos that way and even develop my own film. And then my teacher actually introduced me to Flickr, which you and I both know really well. Mm -hmm. And that was 
kind of where the doors open. That's where I saw, you know, those young teenagers taking self-portraits. And then that's when I kind of dabbled into that and experimented with that. And that was kind of where it all started. That's a very nice introduction. And it's cool that you got to familiarize yourself with different art forms like painting and drawing and stuff. So I think that's a cool way to get into photography with that art background. Yeah, I, I'm not the best at, at drawing and painting, but I had a go. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you tried. It's good. I really like your photographs because they're very conceptual and meaningful and there's just something to them. There's this magical element that I can't really describe, but I know that listeners, once they look at your work, they'll understand what I'm talking about. It's like this specific feeling. And each image has a concept and it usually comes with some sort of story that is up to the viewer's interpretation I'm wondering what the process of coming up with ideas is like for you. Thank you. It's kind of different every time. So, I mean, I usually have some sort of concept in mind. Sometimes the concept is really clear and I've sketched it out and I've written about it in my little notebook. And then other times it's half conceptualized in my head and then I've gone on location and then I've changed a couple of things. And then, you know, you have your other times where it's completely spontaneous. But I feel like in most cases it's, half conceptualized in my head and I constantly have room to breathe and to change things because obviously going on location and most of my locations are outdoors you know the weather might not be how I want it to be or it might look different and I might not have the right prop so it's kind of you know it changes every time my process. Okay that's good yeah I think it's the same for me I sort of try to be spontaneous but I sometimes have this specific idea that I want to bring to life so I guess it is good to have that balance and I think that's something that most photographers should maybe be aware of as well it's good to have a mix of both yeah for sure I I, like I really want to have a concept that's nice and clear and that has a message but you kind of need that room to breathe in in terms of you know things might look better on location or you might have a new idea that you never thought could be possible so yeah exactly yeah or the weather might change and instead of getting frustrated it should inspire you to try something different Oh, exactly. Living in Australia, we always say that we experience four seasons in a day. So you've always got to be ready for any type of... (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. That's cool too, though, because you can uh, try out different things throughout one day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you said that you are a teacher. Does having a Mm -hmm. job that's unrelated to photography help you have a healthy relationship with your creative side? Um, yes and no. I guess, you know, when it comes to teaching, many teachers will um, understand this. It's a 24-7 job. So... The to-do list is endless, regardless of whether it's the weekend or we're on break. So um, it is quite challenging to balance, you know, work-life balance in general and to add photography on top of that. It is quite challenging. But I feel I'm still learning how to have that balance and I feel like I'm getting better at, you know, putting away time just for photography, particularly on the weekends. And it doesn't always include me shooting a new photo every week, but it might be, you know, I might be planning a concept or I might be editing a photo that I took you know a couple of weeks ago but really um, giving myself that time to just focus on photography has been super helpful but um, I'm constantly trying to embed it in teaching as well like I've started a photography group at school so I've been teaching kids all about taking photos and all the light and stuff and they've been loving that so it's good in a way and it's bad in another if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's the case in most workplaces where you just sort of have the pros and the cons. But it's really cool that you are teaching the children to take photos as well. I mean, they're so lucky to have you as their teacher because you're just basically a master of light and concepts. So it's really awesome. 
Oh, thanks. It is quite fun. Like I had my photo group last year towards the end of the year when they had obviously developed more skill. We were coming up with concepts, sketching them out, and they all had like a a character from a film or or a book that they had to kind of come up with this new idea. And we were out in the forest, you know, little me's everywhere. Oh. Doing their own little photos. It was cute. Oh, that's adorable. Oh, it's sweetest. Oh, I think it's great for the listeners to know that there are professional photographers like you out there who have different kinds of careers because a lot of people maybe don't have photography as their full-time job and that's okay. And as you said, it's good to find time for it, especially on weekends. Like for me as well, I have a job that is related to photography, but not directly. And I do like to make time for it specifically without any commercial business ideas in mind. You know, I just wanted to do it, to do it for myself or it's just for my soul. And I think a lot of people should be reminded to do that more often. Oh, for sure. Like I feel like having it separate from my job is quite beneficial because it is a passion and I don't want to lose that love for it. And I don't think I would if it was my full-time job. It's just, it's quite hard to get into the field that I'd probably want to with my photography. So because my work is quite conceptual and fine art, there's not really like a set job that you would go after. So Mm. it is quite hard to find that niche. Yeah. Well, hopefully in the future, maybe that will change or we'll have more opportunities for photographers in specific niches. But for now, it's good to you know, take breaks from whatever job you do have and focus on what you really like. Yeah, for sure. So you've also been named one of the 20 best artists on Flickr, which is a great accomplishment. And you've exhibited your work in New York and you've worked with Disney and Instagram, so many accomplishments. And it's just very, very impressive. Uh, which achievement are you most proud of and why? Um, thank you. Um, I feel like being named um, one of the Flickr 20 Under 20 artists was definitely a memorable moment. I'm still pinching myself that it even happened, but I still remember receiving the email. It was very unexpected, and I still remember seeing you know, all the names that were listed as well, and a lot of those artists were people that I've looked up to for years, and it was just a really special time. Like I got to take my whole family and um, experience that with them in New York, and I got to meet you know, friends that I've, I'd met via Flickr through that experience. And that was really special. And I feel like, you know, Disney, there are no words for Disney. I still can't believe that it's even happened and that it continues to happen for now. I'm both proud of both of those experiences. They're very different, but obviously um, ticks off my bucket list for sure. Oh, yeah. And just speaking of Flickr and meeting new photographers, who are the most influential photographers in your life right now? Oh, interesting. I feel like I've kind of steered away from looking at photographers online. Like I I don't do it as much as I used to. I feel like Tim Walker has always been super an inspiration of mine. And I've been kind of looking more into still photographers, so photographers that work on film sets and things. So there have been a few that I've followed online through that way. Yeah, I feel like everyone from Flickr is always, you know, some they're all inspirational to me and yeah I've just loved following their careers and seeing how they have changed over the years and yeah everyone's unique in their own way and they've all had sort of an impact on my style and things like that. That's a nice answer and I had an interview with Gina Vasquez recently and she also said that one of her biggest inspirations is Tim Walker so it's cool. <laughs> you both oh I love Gina yes and she's yes. Awesome. we're very similar in that way we um she's one of my closest friends from Flickr so we've stayed in contact yeah, for a very long time. So yeah, Tim Walker is very, very magical. We love him. He is, yeah. And I find your answer interesting regarding what you said about uh, 
not looking at other photographers' work. And it is mm -hmm. something that I think about very often as well, where if you look at other people's work for too long, then you might be influenced by them indirectly and it, you might copy their style in a way without intending to. Is this yeah, something that's, when you avoid yeah. other people's work? Yeah, I think that you've probably, you've probably hit the nail on the head. <laughs> um, I feel like there is, you know, you can obviously get caught up in the whole Instagram sort of influencer world and yeah. you obviously want to have your own style and I feel like I've developed my own style and I kind of don't, I'm happy where, where I'm at and obviously I'm still learning and things like that But um, and growing and developing obviously. But yeah, you're right. You can subconsciously obviously emulate someone else's work and that's kind of not, it's not what you want to do when you're trying to come up with your unique style. So, I mean, I'm still supporting lots of artists online, but yeah, not looking for inspiration through that avenue, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, for me too, I think there's a balance between building a community and being supportive as a photographer, both offline and online, and also having your own space where you can develop your style without being influenced too much by other people. Yeah, exactly. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. I really love the lighting in your work. I think it's very moody. And I know that many portrait photographers, including myself, like to use as much light as possible in their work. And we tend to avoid the low light conditions. So it is interesting that you do choose to approach lighting differently in that way. It gives your work a magical feel. It makes it look like it was taken straight out of a fairy tale. How do you take sharp photos in low light? Thanks. Um, I feel like I'm constantly pushing the limit when it comes to light. So I, I love natural light, obviously. And I, I wait all day until that time, you know, just before golden hour or sunset to go out and shoot. And I don't know, it's kind of just, you kind of have to experiment when you're out there and think of different angles and of how you can capture the light. And um, I feel like having the right type of weather helps. So cloudy days are my favorite type of days. And yeah, you'll often find me after dark in a forest, you know, until that last light is there. So constantly pushing the limits, but obviously, you know, cameras have come so far in terms of how they can capture low light these days. And we're super lucky to have such technology like that. But yeah, it's all about experimenting, I guess. But I, I love that cinematic type of lighting that you're referencing. So I'm glad it looks nice and magical for <laughs> Yeah, it does. Definitely does. Uh, do you worry during those shoots that you'll be using too much ISO or that your photos will turn out grainy? Yeah, ISO is something that I'm still trying to 
understand and you know work with quite well but um I tend to find that if I have to bump it up too much then I think it's time to go back inside or reshoot the concept so I tend to not you know bump it up too much otherwise yeah I try to avoid that grain we don't want that in our photographs so yeah yeah you have to compensate for that with you know a larger aperture maybe or yeah for sure speed yeah yeah it's something I worry about as well especially for night shoots so I'm inspired by your work because now I want to take more photos in low light where it's limited. Yeah. Yeah. Night shoots really scare me because I'm just like, <laughs> that's when the flash has to come in and I, I'm not a fan of flash. But um, yeah, just constantly, you know, pushing the limit in terms of we need that little bit of natural light. But yeah, obviously I don't stay past, you know, when it's nighttime, it's time to call it a day for me. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever work with artificial lights though? Um, It's only really at weddings that I have. And um, lately I've been shooting sort of indoors, obviously, because we have been in lockdown. So it's kind of been a new thing. It's something that I don't usually work with. No, it's more natural light is the way to go for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, I guess. But I like to also use everyday artificial light, if that makes any sense. So lamps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the torch in my phone or just anything like that. I feel like it gives you a lot of room to experiment and be fearless and also make mistakes because... If you do take terrible photographs using a lamp, then I mean you learn something from it. So it is really interesting. Yeah, for to sure. Have, yeah, everyone works some people, different. Yes, some people would work really well with artificial lighting. I'm kind of in awe of some people, and I'm like, how do you do that? It looks very complicated. Like when I see people working in studios, that's always something I want to try in the future. But sometimes it looks super confusing. So good on people that can do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm terrified of professional studios. Like whenever I watch videos where they talk about specific kinds of lights in studios, I'm like, I just blank completely. I'm like, what, yeah. what are they talking about? Yeah. I have no idea. Exactly. You've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that you've been taking more photos indoors lately and your current photo series, it focuses on Disney princesses in isolation, which is a very creative idea, but it's also very relatable given the situation of course uh, do you have any advice for photographers who want to stay creative during the pandemic yeah that series was kind of a random idea I came up with I was actually in the shower <laughs> but um <laughs> I was kind of doing a Disney alphabet project last year so I was coming up with concepts to do with Disney but for each of the letters of the alphabet and I kind of stopped doing that so I kind of wanted to continue it in a way but obviously within the context of the world now and I was also finding it really important to kind of document my own sort of experience with what's going on obviously it's something that we're all going to remember and we're living through history but I also wanted to still stick to my unique style in terms of you know transporting my audience away from reality so it's been super challenging like I don't usually shoot inside 99.9% of my portfolio is you know outdoors mm -hmm. but it's been really fun like it's out of my comfort zone but I've you know used my home in a way that I haven't used it before so I think it's all about you know just walking around your house seeing a spot that you might not usually shoot in or like a prop that you might not have used so it's been really fun and I encourage you know artists around the world to kind of step out of their comfort zone and try something new. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And I think it's a great opportunity to reignite your passion for photography because oftentimes we're so used to doing things the same way and it can get a bit boring mm -hmm. time, of course. I mean, I know this from experience where whenever I yeah. am stuck in the same place for too long and I do take a lot of indoor photos um, mm -hmm. when I'm in the same apartment for too long, I tend to lose inspiration. But when I move to another place, 
then it hits me. And that's because I'm surrounded by new things. So I've learned from that and I try to find new little corners in an apartment or a building or just in a, any given location really to give myself more inspiration in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And it's kind of also allowed me to, you know, try out new editing techniques that I probably wouldn't use usually. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just been super fun and but challenging at the same time. But it's actually forced me to shoot more often than what I usually would. So I'm kind of allowing my Saturdays just to be dedicated to that series, which is, you know, more than I'd usually shoot anyway throughout the year. So it's kind of been a blessing in that way. Mm, that's very good. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And helping you out in that way. So speaking of projects, uh, do you have any maybe tips for beginners or even professionals who want to fall in love with photography all over again? Because I know that projects help a lot in general. So maybe mm -hmm. like project ideas for people other than you know, anything that's related to quarantine or isolation? Yeah, I feel like projects are interesting. You know, I've seen lots of 365 projects over the years. That's something mm -hmm. I've always wanted to try, but I know that my lifestyle doesn't usually allow for that. Obviously, you know, I was at uni at times when a lot of people were doing the 365 projects and I was, you know, at uni full-time and now I've got a full-time career in teaching. So I know that I'm not going to be able to take a photo every day that I'm happy with so I feel like it's super important if you're going to do a series or a project to think of you know a project that you're able to achieve you know don't set yourself up to fail think of if it's a weekly kind of thing if you can do a weekly thing then go for that but I've seen you know lots of people online have joined groups that have themes you know weekly themes that can always be a thing um, but yeah getting to chat to your artist friends maybe you can do some collaborations but I think definitely it's important to pick a project that is achievable if that makes sense yeah exactly that's a really great answer because I know that the 365 project as you mentioned that's when you take photos every single day for a year and that's a pretty yes. big commitment <laughs> I tried it twice and I failed twice <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's huge I, I I could never do it so I admire people that can do it and I feel like for me also, I don't know, there's a lot of people like this out there, I'm sure, but, you know, the standard, you want to keep topping your last photo, and I just don't think it's achievable for me to do that every single day. But it could be achievable if it's, you know, weekly or a fortnightly thing. Exactly, yeah. You have to really think about your unique lifestyle and your schedule because you don't have mm -hmm. to do things the same way that other photographers do things. It's completely yeah. fine if you start a 52-week project, which is usually it come, each week comes with a theme, and you've taken yep. one photo every week with that specific theme in mind. And I think that's really cool. I think it's more appropriate for people with very busy lifestyles. Um, yeah. yeah, I've done a 52-week and that was, I really enjoyed that. And I saw the growth in that too. So it's, it's beneficial even if it isn't every day. Yeah. Did you have specific themes for your 52-week project? No. So I just, because I also felt like I wanted to document my last, it was when I was 19, so I was, just before, you know, I was going into my 20s, I kind of wanted to document where my life would be every single week. So I didn't set up a sort of theme. It was kind of just free-flowing. That's very cool. That's very significant yeah. to your life too. It's not just something random. You picked it out because it was meaningful to you. It's a really smart idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good idea for listeners as well. If there's something going on in your life, there's some sort of change maybe, or uh, you, it's mm -hmm. about changing some way, then start a project. That document. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, you've photographed a number of well-known people for Disney and Instagram. Is there someone famous or not that you'd like to photograph in the future? 
Hmm. Um, this is a hard question because I feel like there are a lot of people I'd love to photograph, but um, I feel like there's a well-known artist in Australia called Delta Goodrum. She's always been one of my favorite artists, so mm-hmm. I would love to photograph her. Um, Emma Watson comes to mind, also another interesting person, mm-hmm. and I'd probably say Meghan Markle as well. Love her as well. Oh, my goodness. Oh, absolutely. I agree with all those. Meghan Markle. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they're all very beautiful <laughs> people. Yeah, yeah, I think I would like to photograph um, just actors that I admire or musicians. I actually really like the Australian band uh, Angus and Julia Stone. Do you know those? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. I'm obsessed with them. I would love to photograph <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's, whenever people ask me that question, it puts me on the spot and I have no idea. I go blank. But um, yeah, there's obviously a million people I'd love to photograph. But those are probably my top three. Yeah, those are good answers. I really like them. <laughs> so my last question for you is what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world Ooh, I'd probably still continue to work with Disney that's sort of what I still want to do but yeah photographing on film sets was obviously a whole new world that I never thought I'd fall in love with but I did um I've always been kind of fascinated with the whole behind the scenes with film and tv like I'm a huge tv addict (laughs) but um yeah I just love that whole idea of you know capturing what's going on on film sets and from the props to the costumes to the actors actually um acting it's a really kind of magical and unique experience I don't think people realize how much detail that goes on a set and how much effort goes into that so capturing that has definitely been something that I continually want to be doing that's a great answer. And the fact that you mentioned Disney, I mean, it's such a, such a flex, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really yes. Cool. Well, it's still something that I would love to do, but you know, who knows what's going to happen. It's very, um, it's not consistent at the moment, but obviously I'm so grateful for whenever it does happen. Oh, I wish you the very best with that and with your photography in general. And I hope you continue working with Disney and until, until you're, for as long as your heart desires. <laughs> Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, let's hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, Alex, thank you so much for taking some time to be interviewed. I really appreciate you and I can't wait to see the photos that you keep on taking. And I I will leave links to your work in the show notes, as many links as possible so that people check out your work and see how cool you are. But I'm sure that many of the listeners already know who you are anyway. But thank you for your time. Oh, thank you. It was an absolute pleasure. (laughs) Have a great day. You too. Bye. Alexandra's work is both delicate and powerful, which I think is amazing, and I love that she prioritizes her style and invests time in her photography, even if it's once a week. I hope you learned a lot from her and that you're encouraged to try out something new. Next week's episode is an interview with her brother, actually, Christian Benatel. It's quite funny and educational at the same time, so don't miss out. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.